good morning. This is Frances Bolton returning for her fourth podcast. I'm interested in doing this podcast. One, um, it's Indigenous uh, high school graduation rates or Indigenous high school graduation or the lack thereof or just to give a special recognition I am Indigenous, I did graduate, and I was amongst two who graduated of Aboriginal ancestry in 1987. Yes, reflection, that's long pause. But I was the first in my family of four generations. 13 aunts and uncles to graduate. What an achievement that was. And second reason why I'm doing this podcast is I have not found anything related to uh, Indigenous high school graduation. And for my course completion, this is one thing that I need to do. I have been very, very fortunate to have worked for school districts um, for 27 years. I have worked in the field of child and youth care for, since I was 20, so 30 years. I'm 51 now. And I have been so fortunate to have worked with vastly so many different individuals. I have like 10 different students who are near and dear to my heart in relation to um, high school graduation or high school completion. And in this COVID times, it's even more It's more important now, more than ever, in COVID times, that students graduate. Students have support. I did want to mention that I have those students um, who've shown uh, limelight. Um, It's because of the diversity of the human notion that I reflect upon these amazing students that I was fortunate to have um, been a limelight in their life. Uh, There's one that comes to mind instantly in 2015 when I worked in an inner city high school and these ones were twins, uh, fraternal twins. They have a strong cultural tie to their village, their reservation, uh, to their community and are well grounded in who they are. And they would come in very tired from a cultural long weekend. And in this community, they they dance and sing 
their heart and souls and spirits out. And then they come back to school, the colonial world, and perform menial tasks after such an experience. As a youth worker, as an Aboriginal youth worker in the inner city, for myself, this is huge as I have no singing and dancing experience. That is for another story. But these two were so strong. And my partner was like, okay, you know, you're here now. Uh, You need to get to Goss. In my vision, it was have a sit down, have a moment. They made it to school. That alone in itself is an achievement. I did not know their backstory of being away, singing, dancing, and drumming. I just was happy to see them. They were in grade eight. That was an accomplishment enough in my eyes. And as I got to hear their backstory, their They're the oldest with two younger siblings, and they have a single mom. They came in into our space. I turned off the the fluorescent lights, and I brought in lamps because I had experience with that in the high school, and then I had experience when I started this education that the lamps would be better and natural sunlight. We were fortunate to have uh, two windows with natural sunlight uh, in Vancouver weather. That's a crapshoot, whether you'll have a sunny day or a cloudy day. Um, And so that's something that I did. I I made our space uh, more inviting and just to let them be. And really, silence was what these two needed, especially the brother. He was a brother and sister, um, fraternal twins. They are amazing. So their story starts with knowing who they are. And then coming into the colonial world of the school system and trying to understand. So that's a true story of colonialism and being grounded in who you are, knowing who you are, and witnessing this change. I'm happy to say that these two went on to graduate that was not the story but that's one of the ways that as youth workers we were able to support them and just be whatever it is that they need to support them in school excuse me I have seen I've seen so many stories working in the school system 
for almost 30 years. And most, most recently, um, one of my students is in grade 12 now during COVID times and she is a people person. She actually um, excels in working with um, the elderly. I was able to see this and, you know, she gives them space, she listens, and her energy level just excelled in working with this elderly man just having a simple little conversation when she used to work at a pancake house and she remembered him and uh, seen him outside the high school um, was a great moment and she just shoved it off it's oh yeah you know this this old guy you know he just you know I, I just listened to his story and I, I told her I said you're gift is to work with the elderly. She was in grade nine. She was having a really hard time. And <clears throat> I found out the backstory from one of my one of my um, one of my colleagues. Um, her dad has to have a lung replacement. Like how the hell do you deal with that in grade nine? that your dad may probably die, 80%, 90% chance of dying, because he's not able to breathe. He's on oxygen, and he's still in line now, five years later, for a lung transplant, and she's also daddy's girl. Enough said about that. She is like a diamond in the rough. She can do it all, she doesn't need any help, but what she really needs is just somebody to just shine on her and give it to her, give it to, give truth telling. And I've worked with um, many residential school survivors to know that um, truth telling is a skill, and that's what I that's what I gave her, and. She went from grade nine, um, smoking and um, smoking weed, and also drinking, and other, you know, all that, all that stuff that you don't want to. And I was just there for her three days a week at this school, and I just gave her a, a mirror asked her what she wanted to achieve um, her mom and dad are still alive and doing well and for her 16th birthday they even invited me um, I didn't want to cross any boundaries with that but um, I didn't I declined but um, I did go to their house I did meet them they're fabulous she has an older brother that's in BCIT. I helped him. Well, I didn't really help him. He was on his way. I was just there to witness his graduation and to help her witness um, that one day she will soon graduate. I've never seen any 
bad kids. In my 30 years experience, beginning with ACE, some 30 years ago, I've never seen any bad kids. And I'm thankful that the old school people that are like that, the old teachers, oh yeah, Johnny's a bad seed, blah, 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 you know, they do not know their backstory. And I don't listen to them. I never listen to them. Like I said, I've never seen a bad child. Most recently, I have another student and she was in her grade 11 year and I like I said I worked uh, three days a week and I just and this is somebody um, I specialize in the unseen an indigenous student um, not active in her not active in sports um, did not have a lot of friends <clears throat> and this was a population that had quite a few indigenous students uh, but she uh, looked very indigenous brown beautiful skin and just she had such beautiful energy I ponder and I think about her and I'm still in contact with her. She said to me she would not have graduated unless it was because of me. She had a, a, a dad who was who who produced a lot of siblings for her. Uh, she was um, connected with her siblings, but not connected with the dad because the dad was just not you know I don't know what his backstory was I don't know any of that um, I just know that um, she had half siblings and she reached out to to connect with them her her mom it's very cultural singing and dancing and actually amazingly enough the fraternal twins I was talking about is from the same community so she is uh, very grounded in her culture as well and I'm very proud to say she's invited me out to events to see her dance and I've photographed um, my fraternal twins and my, my um, cultural student who said she couldn't have graduated if it wasn't for my help. I just gave her space. I listened. And yeah, she she graduated. I think she's 23 now. And these are all students that graduated grade 12. It may not seem like a lot, but I was like ADHD when I was thinking about all these students. I was like, okay, um, there's no no podcasts on Aboriginal high school graduation um, backstories, and I think that's I think this is this is this is it. I have another student who was in grade twelve and graduated, and it is a total part of our community. 
um, East Van community. She's very strong. She's also the oldest sibling, and her mom passed away. And because she wasn't yet 19, um, her her mom's sister had to take her two younger brothers. One is now living with her now, but her mom died. Her mom died of cancer. She still graduated and now has custody of her older brother living with him and her boyfriend since high school. And there's, there's, there's my student who had anxiety. She graduated, um, but she went into a, a program afterwards to help her deal with her anxiety at Access, an Aboriginal Youth Employment Program. Excuse me. And now she is in post-secondary school doing what I am doing, a child and youth degree. So she's a few years behind me, but um, she's following through. Our youth deal with, all our youth deal with so many different backstories that so many different people don't even hear. And then there's the story of my son who um, told me last year in grade 10 when he was 15 that he is transgendered. So there's so many backstories and we just went into the school yesterday in COVID times again. Remember that things are not as easy as they seem just by stop and listening, reflecting, um, reflecting back. Um, so yeah, every, every Indigenous youth has a story and that's not something that they're going to share with just anybody. They're going to share with somebody who wants to listen to them. So many wonderful stories, so many successes, and I was a part of that, be it listening, be it witnessing, um, participating in seeing them sing, drum, dance, it's all great. So this is Indigenous Success Stories, High School Graduation, Overcoming trials and tribulations of a 17-year-old. Of a Thank you for listening.